Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I brought on all of the gold hoarders from the Keel Hauled Podcast Patreon to make sure that they get their voices heard and share in some stories, some thoughts about the latest month and how things are going with them in Sea of Thieves. With that, let's get to it. But first, let's talk about who those Patreons are, because without them, this show would have a lot harder of a time existing. So starting from the top, Chateau Neuf, Lumpy SRQ, Regis Stella, Ross Bell Kid, TN Professor, Todd Meister, El Jefe Esteban, Big Bad Pad, Mina Ferry, CJ Super Pack, Davram TV, Frank P, Cosmic Johnson, and Kazia the Rogue. Thank you all so much for your contributions to the podcast. It means a lot. It helps a lot. And it means that we get to have times where we get to chat like this. So if you're interested, feel free to head over to the Patreon. I'll talk about more of that at the end of the show. And let's get into it. So thank you to everyone who joined me on this week's episode. It was really fun to have everyone jump in and and get to, a chance to talk to them personally. Uh, we started off a little bit later than um, I, I was thinking, but I, I forgot to hit record on the opening intro. And the way this episode is going to be structured is I had everyone kind of pop into the chat in Discord while we were talking if they had an idea or they had a thought. So if you hear me reference that, that's probably what's going on. So to get started, let's talk about what's going on with Sea of Thieves and the fishing event with the fishing voyages. With that, let's get into it. Thanks. Um, we're in the midst of having the fishing event go on so i wanted to jump on and kind of see like did how do you how how is everyone kind of feeling with the actual fishing event so uh let's start from the top uh captain zapelli have you been doing any of the fishing event uh, i've been doing a little bit it's been fun to do something different and there's been a lot of people playing passively best way to put it so i've been talking to a lot of new people on the seas and it's been quite fun awesome yeah I, I i can definitely attest to that uh el jefe esteban have have you been sailing around getting some fish or have you been kind of letting other folks do it well being that in the afternoons when i get off work and i end up hanging out with patty and mina um and patty absolutely refused to fish then somebody had to do it so i have been doing some fishing um and then actually i've kind of done it twice because then my evening crew with Tennessee and Rusty uh, and to get them up to point. So we, uh, yeah, I've done lots of fishing. I've probably done more fishing than I ever have. And but I will say that I like the fact that it's actually a little bit of a variety compared to like that last one they did, which was splash tails. Um, so it's, it's been good. I've actually been ticking off some more uh, accommodations for Hunter's Call with all this. So uh, not bad, not bad at all. Yeah, so Pad, I I wanted to jump on this since it got brought up. Uh, I was going to get to it eventually, but can you maybe talk about why you hate fishing and and for some reason you you want to make sure that everyone else fishes for you? It's not the fact that I hate fishing. It's just that when the Hunter's Call first came out, uh, I was in a crew of maybe three, four people rotating around, and we spent three or four weeks solidly fishing 
to get all of the hunters call stuff done and i promised myself that i wouldn't do any more fishing and then obviously we've had the, the smaller uh, occasions where we've had to go and catch 300 splash tails and 100 of these and 100 of them it's like i just yes i'll do those and then it's the case of i'm not to do any more fishing the event itself fine not a problem good for everybody especially new players but for me i Hmm. I'm I'm curious. I'll, I'll I'll touch on this in a little bit, but I have some thought. I have some questions for that later on. Uh, Mina Ferry, did you have any uh, uh, thoughts on the current fishing event as far as having to go out and actually fish these up? Are you pretty okay with it? I don't mind fishing. Sometimes I like to just go and listen to podcasts in a corner of the map and fish by myself. Um, I have had to fish because Paddy won't, but. In two evenings, we have done week one, and I think we've now caught or sold a hundred over a hundred fish. So I don't mind. Awesome. How about you, Regis? Have you uh, have you been doing any of the fishing event? Uh, unfortunately, no. But fishing was like a, uh, a highly demanded thing. Is you know anything's better than bananas, I guess. But I haven't done any fishing, so I can't say anything about it. So sorry. No, that's fine. That's one of the fun things about these events is that, you know, not everyone needs to actually do them to work on their renown. Uh, Professor, have you been jumping into the fishing uh, pool and, and throwing out the, the flies and getting them? Yes, I've been fishing. Rare blew the whistle and like Pavlov's dog came running um, after Hefe and I swore we wouldn't do it. He did it. And of course, Got to stay up and <clears throat> close to the crew. Uh, as far as an event and the mechanics, it's it's it works great. Um, kudos to Rare and uh, for answering in the community. And I will say, as a social event, just kind of hanging and talking and doing something low key, it works, and I enjoy that part of it. <clears throat> but I don't enjoy fishing. I think I might have scarred some members of the community a few nights ago by telling tales of when uh, snuck on a boat, hid while another crew was fishing, and went over and took a bite out of their fish in the barrel and put it back, along with uh, F.A. stealing fish from another crew. Um, we might have given somebody some night terrors, I believe. Yeah, I I can I can imagine how that would be pretty infuriating for the folks that didn't pay attention. That's uh, I don't know about you all, and, and and I'm curious if anyone's if anyone does this. I know Mina uh, kind of hinted on this, but most of my fishing has actually been, uh, I, and I guess this is kind of in in line with because of the Reapers uh, being a PvP faction now that a lot of people can jump on and benefit from the most. Uh, which actually, I think Rare might want to address. Um, it seems weird that the Reapers bones. Uh, are harder to level in some instances that you need to, you know, it's, well, I wouldn't say that it's harder to level, but you get the emissary bonus for everything you turn in, as opposed to just the one trade company that you happen to align with. So it feels like a lot of more people are going Reaper uh, because it benefits all of the stuff that they get as opposed to a bit of it. But because of that, it feels like uh, a lot of my fishing has been done 
uh, up in the corners of the map. Uh, the other night, I was just not in the mood to deal with anyone. So I grabbed my ship. I sailed up to Smuggler's Bay. I parked it on the backside of the island. I went and dug up a whole bunch of earthworms, threw them in a rowboat, took the rowboat down to Sailor's Bounty, uh, fished up a whole bunch of uh, plenty fin, and uh, then took the boat down to Mermaids, hid the boat behind Mermaids, grabbed a whole bunch of pondies, and then sailed up, turned them all in. Um, has anyone of you guys had actually been kind of out in the open fishing, just kind of playing the game naturally and just grabbing fish while you're at? Or are you, are you specifically taking time during your sessions to uh, actually set out and actually kind of keep to yourself uh, the way Mina had kind of mentioned? And Mina, let me let me start with you and since I know this is something that you did and anyone else can jump in chat to, uh, to let me know if you have a similar experience. Um, well, the fishing by myself was mostly at the beginning of Hunter's Call when I was trying to level it up or during that Ruby Splashtail event when we had to do that. Um, this time round, we actually did the voyage that they give you and it gives you the three spots to fish at. So we were very much visible while fishing gotcha yeah that that definitely makes a big difference uh whether or not on if if you're going to be in the same area um tn did you want to to jump in and kind of share some of your thoughts we focused on the event early and that's one of the things i liked about it is it, it doesn't totally consume your your sailing mainly so that we could get back to evil pirating uh, if we haven't established that already i like evil pirating so even if Hefe's fishing off the boat, I, I might take a swim to another boat to sink them uh, Navy SEAL style. <laughs> Just kind of find a way to be able to, to sneak on, kill it, slit everyone's throat, take their treasure, throw it in a rowboat and take the rowboat off kind of thing. Yeah, we, we've gotten a tag of the murder boat, Hefe and <laughs> Rust and I. Um, so we're owning the title. <laughs> good, good. That's the only way to do it. Uh, did anyone else have a, a story about kind of how they've been playing their session before I jump into the actual voyage itself? Because uh, that's something that I was very interested to to kind of learn about as we got in and uh, kind of surprised. So um, if anyone has a, a thought, feel free to jump in uh, before we move on. So I wanted to bring up the, the voyage because this is the first time that the actual hunter's call has gotten a voyage it's really interesting to me um because this feels like something that is going to extend beyond just this event and i think it was really interesting that rare chose an event as opposed to an actual update to kind of introduce this new voyage type uh with the the last update that we got we got the actual merchant voyages but that was kind of a big update it kind of kicked off season one were any of you expecting this voyage uh to work the way it was when you first saw it um i know some of you are insiders so that kind of uh, kills that aspect but if you think back to when you first hit, dropped down this voyage i was kind of surprised uh on on how this actually worked out so um let's start with uh Zappelli. have you have you played around with the the voyage at all yeah when the day it came out that's all me and my friend did on a sloop it's been fun to do going to the different islands we found a few glitches where we cannot get the fish we're looking for 
on some of the islands. Other than that, it's been quite fun to do. And it's been a bit different. Do you think that's something that you uh, would look forward to having as like a normal mission in a bottle? Or would you would you like to have uh, the actual hunter's call have uh, voyages like that for rare fish? Yeah, I think they should have something to do. Because obviously, the only way you can get the rep now is from mermaids and through the fish, I believe. But I wish they did something like hunting monsters with them. Like go hunt the kraken or hunt a megalodon to maybe give you rep for them as well yeah that's a, a pretty good idea for sure um el jefe uh i'm curious if you if you enjoyed the voyages the way they were designed uh did you did you think that they could be improved in any ways in general i i thought it was a pretty cool idea what they did um uh so so far in that regard you know i've, I've been, you know i've enjoyed them I, I, it would be kind of cool if they could keep them around and somehow use those voyages maybe to find some of those more rare fish like you were saying um I think that would definitely be an improvement, um, maybe a quality of life update for Hunter's Call. Just kind of give it a little more variety other than, you know, the things they have now. Uh, but in, in general, I was, I, was, I was kind of impressed that they had spent the, the dev time to create, you know, those missions. So the fact that they've done that tells me that I think, you know, long term, they may have some things, you know, in store for maybe a a set mission that you can go pick up or get somehow yeah definitely uh, i would i would love to see that pad i know you haven't been fishing have you been looking at the maps at all yes we we and we did one uh one thing i will say is you have to be quite precise on where you're fishing to get map the associate itself with where you're fishing and mm. uh, if, so, if you're 10 yards outside of the area you're not going to catch you wait you may catch the right fish but you're not going to get the map to recognize that you're fishing in its area yeah yeah i definitely uh ran into same of the kind of the same issue when it, it kind of feels like when you're trying to get some of the wreckers uh for for like shipwrecks you kind of have to be in the right area but also make sure that you're not too close to, to any of the debris to actually break it and same thing with the voyage if you're not like right in that sweet spot didn't quite didn't quite recognize that you were actually getting it, even though using the bait, you would actually get that. Uh, did anyone else have a, a quick thought about the the voyages before we hop on? Uh, Regis, I know you, you said you hadn't done any actual uh, fishing, but had you gotten a, gotten a chance to talk to Lorena to actually check out the voyage at all? I don't think so. But okay. but uh, it's really in- it's really interesting because uh, the hunters call aside from reapers and sea dogs. Is he is another trade company that doesn't have any voyages and just expects you to turn in stuff like mermaid gems, fish, meats from the animals, as well as megalodons and crack and megalodons, krakens and sharks. So I think when Rare does introduce voyages or hunting or hunt or animal bounties for the the hunters' call, I think they're gonna introduce more uh, exotic animals like I don't know maybe saber-toothed tigers or uh you know just something that will make it worthwhile to just you know be worth hunting as well as worth turning in for like a i don't know 500 5000 gold or something like that so maybe it's a tease or maybe it's a tease for like uh things to come for the hunter's call maybe like a maybe like uh for the rest of the for the rest of the companies during last year's anniversary it's interesting definitely uh mina what what would you like to see if they did do something like that Uh, any any exotic animals or any uh rare types of creatures that you think you 
might want to go out and actually uh, do for the hunter's call uh, or maybe even a different type of monster uh, coming into the seas. Anything spark uh, spark in your mind about what that could be? Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, if they did introduce another kind of monster, then hunting it for the hunter's call would be really cool. Um, I think in the meantime, they could potentially develop on what they've got at the moment and give us a voyage to go and hunt megs or something. That would be good. Definitely. Big Bad Pad says uh, dodo birds. You'd like to go out and hunt more dodo birds? Is that what I'm seeing in chat? Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think we need more exotic animals, but I think we just need a varied selection of different breeds that we can go and get. So bring, bring a wild boar into it. So I'm, I'm curious, and uh, uh, I wanted to bring this up as well too, because it kind of ties into what's been going on with the outposts. Uh, last episode, for anyone that listened, I had talked about Tinkers being the next trade company or at least the next shop that I think might be coming to Sea of Thieves that gives a reason why they would need a, a shop location to be able to build up uh, some sort of structure on the islands that are currently being worked on just because of the wheelbarrow and I think uh, some of the, the pieces of wood that they have around there. I think it would be kind of nice to have tinkering. Um, one suggestion that I saw online, and, and forgive me whoever it was that, that had actually posted it, but hopefully you'll know it was you, uh, had suggested that it could be representatives of the hunter's call. And this voyage type is a test to see if people enjoy it and if this is something that should persist. Um, trying to think of the best way to really explain it, but uh, I'm curious to know. And uh, Zapelli, I wanted to, to kind of get your thoughts. If the hunter's call uh, did retain these voyages, and we started to get like representatives actually having voyages for the hunter's call. Would you want them on the outpost or would you want them to stay on the sea posts? Makes sense to put them on an outpost for the other reps, but on the sea posts are fine as well. But it does make sense on outposts for the other reps on the game. And uh, Hefe, I'll, I'll hop over to you. Do you think that that's uh, a trade company that could do with a, a refresh? Give them, give them a building on the outposts, bump up their level cap to seventy-five, give people voyages to go hunt down specific types of uh, creatures. Yeah, there's definitely room for them to, you know, have a refresh because outside of just the, the I guess the ship set that you can get leveling up through. The current levels uh, there's really nothing else that they offer so yeah I, th I think it'd be a great idea um a great opportunity for them to kind of just you know give a little more variety in that regard uh tn i see you typing uh do you think that there's a a place where you can actually have both the hunter's call on outposts and still retain merrick's uh family out on the sea posts oh i you know i was thinking about that um it would tie it in with the other companies because, you know, new players coming in only see what's on the island, really. Um, and only by sailing around do you discover what that sea post is. But if you've got a place to turn in on the island, what purpose do you have to sail out of your way often to get to the sea post? So it seems like you would have to have something special to drive you to the sea post rather than just one-stop shop and getting everything done on the island yeah 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the question then becomes, and uh, if if anyone has any any thoughts about uh, whether or not the the actual building that's going to be erected on the outpost is going to be for hunters call feel free to jump in chat and let me know uh i am kind of curious though if anyone else feels that the c posts are kind of superfluous at this point because they they generally really only have two functions one is the turn-in point for uh meat for the hunter's call the other one is as a turn-in location for cargo crates i can only think of a couple instances that i've been doing the uh cargo crates where i've actually had to take them to c posts um, most of the time i find myself actually having to take them to people on the islands so for me it seems like a an easy thing to shift the people from the c posts out to the actual islands uh and give people reasons to head out to different islands for those cargo crates um but I'm curious to to kind of find out, uh, Regis, how, how do you feel as far as the outposts and if the shop could be actually for the hunter's call or uh, should they keep it to the to the sea posts? Ooh, I'm not, not really sure because, I mean, that the hunter's call, because they're hunters and because Merrick isn't exactly a, uh, saying, a, a saying a mentally stable kind of guy because... Well, he did survive a megalodon at the cost of both his legs. Uh, maybe him and his family isn't what we call civilized, even among us pirates. So, I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure if the building coming to the outpost is something to do with Hunter's Call, even though one of the one of those NPCs on the from the Hunter's Call says they're gonna bring something. They're gonna bring the Hunter's Call to the outposts. Because Rare's known for one, Rare's, Rare's known for just throwing red herrings, like making you believe one thing when it's actually another thing entirely. So, I mean, it could be a rare herring for all I know, but again, I have to wait on both the live version and the and the tweets and and the insider to wait and see. Okay, Hefe, I, I had seen you typing a bit. I was curious uh, if you wanted to jump in. That. Um, Having something on the outpost, you know, some kind of representative for the hunter's call. Maybe like if if, if they create like a shop where there'd be like cosmetics you could get, um, or maybe even picking up voyages, uh, even if it's throwing down, maybe creating an emissary for them. Uh, have that maybe on the outpost. But I, I still like the idea of having to physically go turn in the stuff to the sea post, just because again, it just just kind of gives it a little more variety instead of just you know. Whatever, how everything else works mechanically, you know, working back at the C post. Uh, but you know, I'd be fine if they put something on this on the on the outpost with the hunter's call. Uh, it's not necessarily necessary, I don't think. I mean, I, C post work. I mean, there there there's enough of them around that you know you're not typically very far from from one. Um, so either way, uh, I, I definitely think that they could they could you know they could build up something or in some form or fashion you know on the outpost, but. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm 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 kind of indifferent in that regard, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand the the reasoning behind all of that. The the I think the big thing that I'm just kind of wondering right now is if we're going to get some sort of interesting changes to the Hunter's Call. It's it's one of the older trade companies that was introduced post launch, and 
there hasn't really been much of a change to them. Once we got fishing in, once we got the sea posts and uh, Merrick's family, that was kind of it. The, I guess if, unless there's something that anyone else wanted to jump on, I kind of wanted to bring up the next topic uh, since Hefe kind of talked about cosmetics. Um, Zapelli. What what can uh, what can you bring in? I think with the hunters call being on the outpost, you could have maybe a start voyage there, and they'll say go to the outpost on the sea, and they can tell you what to do next. So if they do like megalodon hunting, so I've always wanted that in the game or the kraken hunting, they can say, oh, they saw the megalodon chase a ship in this direction, then you'll go over there, you'll find a shipwreck, then maybe you can play the hungry and deep song, and then megalodon will spawn, so you can add the the first update in, I can't what it was called now, the hungry one, just like adding that together so people can experience it again. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think it would be a great way to give players the opportunity to work on doing the the hunt for the Shrouded Ghost the way that, that I think a lot of us wanted uh, when we first found out about the different Megalodons. We all kind of sailed around when that first opened up back in shrouded spoils to find those different ones and yeah i think that'd be a great idea heck even even if it was one of those instances where the megalodon that you find at the shipwreck is actually a stronger megalodon than you would typically fight if it were just one of those emergent ones uh i would love to have a little bit more of a souped up megalodon to battle to, to maybe get better rewards from or even a better kraken you know same same principle but with a kraken and actually have a decent fight with a kraken for a voyage for the sake of actually you know getting a bit more reward out of the kraken because uh as uh cj super pack had mentioned last time i was sailing with him the rewards for the kraken are pretty pretty bad they don't really drop a whole lot of treasure and the treasure that they do drop is always way out in the middle of nowhere uh, if you can remember where the heck you actually killed Kraken tentacles. So I would love to see a way to purposefully summon those events uh, if it was built into the code somehow that it could operate outside of the actual world events. Because um, I know that that can get frustrating for folks, you know, when you get when you get PVE to death out on the ocean when all you're trying to do is just go sink ships and you can't do anything because you just keep getting attacked by random monsters uh was anyone uh kind of with that anyone else have any thoughts before i jump into cosmetics Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you're having a good time with the community episode this week. If you want to learn more about Sea of Thieves or just in pirates in general, always a great way to educate yourself through audiobooks. Uh, I listen to audiobooks on the regular. You're listening to this, so I already know you like listening to audio stuff. So head over to audiobooks.com, sign up for their free trial, use the link in the show notes, and you'll get three free audiobooks for free. I already said free, but two of them can be VIPs, which is different from from free because they're better because they're VIP. I don't understand what that means. 
I'm just letting you know that if you want to get some free books to listen in on some of the, the amazing stuff that's going on in the world, uh, there's some great books out there, some uh, biographies, or maybe you're just like me and love fiction and listening to Witcher novels or Ready Player Two. Uh, I've also been listening. I've been going back and listening through the Harry Potter books. Don't ask me why. I just love the Harry Potter books and the guy that does them is really good. So uh, feel free to do that. I really feel like I need to listen to Dune. I don't know why, but with that movie coming up, I just feel like I, I need to listen to Dune because that's that's kind of on the bucket list. I've never read that book, and that's probably a really bad thing to admit on an ad read for audiobooks. But at least with audiobooks.com, I know I can at least get it and listen to it and correct this wrong in my life. So head over to audiobooks.com. The link is in the show notes. Uh, get your three free books now. Um, so we got the new cosmetics, we got some really expensive, uh, cosmetics and we got some cosmetics that actually have a different shape to the sails. Uh, this is something that a lot of folks have been kind of talking about. It seems kind of like a no brainer to save up your first 8 million gold now to pick up the dark adventurer sails. Uh, I'm curious if anyone has these and if you have, uh, have they, changed up how you play the game um has anyone been able to pick these up yeah we've got them um and it is nice the fact that you can be on a ship and be able to have the sails all the way down and actually be able to see somewhat compared to what where you used to be able to see you know nothing at all if you you know if you had sails to stupid um you know you had to either go down the stairs or you had somebody kind of you know call out you know what you know where things are or whatever so in that regard it's, it has been nice i mean it's not it's not perfect like you can't see you know fully but you can definitely see better than you used to be able to so in that regard it is 100 worth the eight million gold to drop on those awesome and tn you'd uh, uh wanted to jump in you you said something well fa mentioned it in passing the the crew divided up the set somewhat of course he had the most gold to dump down so I picked up the flag and the figurehead and he got the rest of it. But it reminded us of the old days, you know, when we were still all scrapping for gold and you couldn't afford any whole set, even if it was uh, not as expensive as these. And so you'd kind of have to crew up and say, well, I have the sales and, and you get the haul. And, and we've kind of enjoyed that uh, feeling again. How's everyone felt as far as the cost of these? Uh, have, is anyone else pirate poor like I am at this point? I think I've got maybe 250,000 gold, uh, which, you know, if, if we're talking gold in general, uh, it's a, a lot. But uh, Regis, uh, how are you feeling about the costs? Way too expensive for those who are, you know, gold shy or just have not as much gold to say Pace, who has like clearly over 100 million. But, you know, it's it's there for those who have, like, uh, again, Pace, who has, like, serious amounts of gold that just has plenty of gold to spare. And just, I haven't gotten any of them myself, but I'm just, ma mainly because uh, I'm just waiting for when they release the clothing, and I'm going to leave it on that. Okay. Hefe, you had a uh, retort to that? Yeah, in general, I'd, I'd love the fact that they had these astronomically exorbitant costs attached to them, because it gives you something to work towards. You know, even even though, you know, I had 
I don't know, I think I had 34 million gold at this, you know, at this update. And then I went down to pretty much zero. And at that at that point, I still didn't get everything of the set. Like I, I'm still, like Tennessee said, I'm missing the feature head of the flag. Um, and I've not purchased all of the equipment that, that came out in the, in the update before. So there, there's tens of millions of things, you know, gold for me to go spend that it just gives me something to work towards, you know, kind of a long-term kind of just you know, chip away a little along as we go. Um, so in that regard, I, I love it because, you know, prior to that, you know, I had everything that, you know, there was to have and it's, you know, so it was just hoarding gold away for a rainy day and that rainy day has come. And in that regard, I love it. Zabelli, have you uh, picked up any of the new, new, really expensive cosmetics? Have you been enjoying those at all? Yeah, I've picked up the sniper and that's about it, but it gives us end game, uh, end game players something to work for because before there was nothing, but now it's just something to spend that gold on if you've got a lot stacked up. I guess, uh, Pad, you, you were talking about how you had a lot of gold. What do you mean by a lot of gold and how it went down to 3k? Um, I play this game rather a lot, as you may have. Um, I was sat on 41 million gold, spent the whole lot. So I've got the complete set plus the, the golden parrot set that came out. Um, so I purchased that as well, and I had 3,000 gold left. I forgot just over 3 million. But that's because we play a lot and the people I play with know what they do. I think that's uh, kind of the, the thing that I've been noticing is, is that the game has kind of reset gold for a lot of players. Uh, I don't know if this is something that needs to be done, you know, maybe once every year. They introduce a really, really expensive set just to kind of reset everyone's gold value. Uh, it definitely, to me, feels like they've had this set for a while and have been kind of holding on to it uh for a good time to introduce it the dark adventurer set kind of came out of nowhere and it it feels like something that ties to pirate legend just purely through aesthetics alone but for whatever reason uh they held on to and i don't know if this was just them kind of looking at something to reward pirate legends with and then they saw that there needed to be a reason for a gold dump and put it towards that uh, but it's, it's amazing that just one, one full set of, uh, cosmetics has been enough to completely wipe out just about everyone's gold sinks. Uh, there's only, I think a few streamers out there that I've seen that are still sitting on the millions of gold and still have everything, but I, I'm, I'm glad that they've done it. I'm glad that they've kind of set this up. Um, did anyone have any any last thoughts uh, before I switch topics over to Duke? Logan, I'll just say Rare chose to make cosmetics a differentiator instead of, you know, buying abilities and things like that. So it seems like there there had to be these high value items um, specifically geared to those players who sail a lot like pad um, and, and are on the seas gathering. Uh, those cosmetics have intrinsic value and it's the rarity of the ability to get them. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's fair to say that anyone that's running around with those right now clearly is flexing on, on how much gold they had stacked up, uh, at, at the time, a lot of folks, um, always try and get as much gold as they can for the most part. This is definitely really kind of shown that 
you you can still have this game years and years after launch and find a way to still make gold an intrinsic part of playing the game. Uh, it's it's not just about going out and sinking people or just about going out and doing voyages or tall tales. Gold is still a very important part of this game, and I think as long as they hold true to keeping that uh, that part important to players i think there'll always be a reason to go out sailing uh the only thing that i think they need to work on right now is maybe to find a better use for doubloons uh because at the moment i still have uh just shy of ten thousand, and that's not focusing on doubloons really all that much but it definitely it definitely would feel better if i had a way to convert it uh, you know, like on a Golden Glory weekend, or just maybe something to actually spend on in in any of the actual shops at this point. Uh, even if it is some of the more expensive stuff, if they just gave us the one thousand doubloon cost uh, sink for for cosmetics. Yeah, uh, Pad, you're you're uh, mentioning this. Um, would you would you want to see a a doubloon sink in the game at this point? Yeah, I definitely would like to see a doubloon sink. Um, most of my crew are sitting on the 20,000 doubloons at the moment. Um, and I know Professor and Hedge are doing the same. But yeah, if, if there's another set out there that's going to cost doubloons rather than gold, I'd be up for that. Start from scratch again. Definitely. Um, anyone else have any quick thoughts as we uh, close up this topic and uh, jump into... Uh, another topic i'll just say it it gave us back the sweat factor in holding treasure um i know just pride wise we don't like to sink and lose treasure so there was always that but we had gotten to a point where it was like eh, okay we lost tonight's treasure no big deal um you know you roll the dice you play the sea of thieves and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose but this whole need to get this com- cosmetic you know i i need to hang on to my gold i need to be very um careful about how we act we can't just sail into any situation without knowing what it might bring and so that's been good it, it gave that edge back into the game again uh, we've enjoyed it uh Zappelli, what did you think of uh of the idea of having a, a doubloon sink yeah, it'd be a good idea because now the cosmetics aren't the best there so it should be something you can spend it on even if it's like a rowboat or some supplies it'd be good so that's an interesting point that you bring up um i'm curious if anyone thinks that that if you spent bl- doubloons would you guys want to save doubloons for purchasing like a storage crate every session i would do anything against storage crate anything i i i, I would i would sell my my first ten thousand gold earned <laughs> my kingdom for storage crate <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious, uh, and, and actually, you kind of, you just kind of sparked an idea in my head. Uh, Hefe, let, let's talk a little bit about that first ten thousand, uh, while everyone kind of gets some some thoughts around the idea of a, a storage crate or supplies being purchased for doubloons. You, you said you'd sell your first ten thousand. Do you think that there's a place where we could actually have debt in Sea of Thieves, where you could go and purchase? Uh, cosmetics or supplies or things that could be for your ship to the point where you actually have to owe people treasure? That is a very interesting idea. And it's kind of a cool idea. I, I 
I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I think it would, it could, it could open things up to a whole new level of, you know, level of stuff. That way, you know, you just know that by the end of your selling session, you've, you've got to make X amount of gold. Otherwise, you know, some, some kind of detriment is going to happen. You know, I don't know what that would, that would look like, but yeah, I think that'd be kind of a cool idea. Something new, something interesting. I'm, I'm curious because, uh, the reason why I bring up the idea of debt in Sea of Thieves is because we've never we've never had that. And the the, the pure aspect of a death tax uh, was something that was quickly shot down by the community due to misinformation. Um, back in the day, there was an idea that if you died, you would have to pay a tax. Now, tax wasn't necessarily gold in the idea that was being floated around, but the community took it as gold. And one of the main problems with that was what happens if you don't have gold to spend to get back from the Fairy of the Damned. Um, Pad, you, you jumped on this idea on the in the chat. Uh, how do you feel about the idea of being indebted to a trade company or a faction uh, for supplies or cosmetics? It, it definitely opens up a different storyline. Um, for instance, yes, you can buy this jacket for 10,000 gold or 10 captain's chests. Um, if you haven't got the money, here's the jacket, but within the next three days, you have to pay us back. What my thoughts on that would be, are what happens when I don't pay you back in those three days? Is is there a bounty that goes out of my head and how would that work? It's really interesting. Um, something like that, I think, would be really fun. I'm hesitant to the idea of like an interest because uh, I hate the idea of someone being in debt, quitting the game, coming back and finding themselves with two years worth of, you know, interest built up over over the time. So uh, I think if if anything was it was either a bounty um, or say like interest on a debt, then it should just be per session per server. Uh, and, and anything like as, as far as a bounty going up on your head, I think that there's one of those instances where, because we're in a, a per session issue, um, you, you have to be real careful about people just being able to jump servers and not have that bounty persist, uh, not have that debt persist. So I, I, I'm kind of curious, uh, Zapelli, you talked about having a bounty on your head. Um, could you kind of expand, uh, expound upon what you would want? Out of a system like that? It would be, say, if you bought supplies. I don't I know if you bought cosmetics, you couldn't afford it. But if you bought supplies at the start, you don't pay them off in a certain amount of time, you play in the game, then maybe some NPC ship will come and look for you. Or in the tavern, there'll be a wanted poster with your head. And then other players or an NPC will come and hunt you down. That'd be really interesting. I would love to see kind of... And here's a, I hate to make this reference, but uh, I feel like this is kind of one of the best ways. When you die, you generally die and you turn into a puff of ash. Uh, if there is a way that you could have a bounty on someone else and maybe even tie this into the Reapers, the Reapers could be the ones uh, grabbing the bounties for those that are indebted to the trade companies. If you could have a way that when you killed them, and you held out the voyage like after they're dead the ash would then act as like a signature on the actual voyage and kind of appear as if it was like a you know a magical revealing signature you know kind of make it kind of cool nifty little green signature that appears after you kill that person and their gamer tag shows up well maybe not their gamer tag but their 
their name or, or what have you appears on the voyage and then you take that voyage to the reaper's bounty and then the reaper's bounty gives you a, a portion of that but then uses that to pay off the debts and and just kind of the idea of uh everyone brings everything to the reapers so the reapers in theory should have a mass surplus of gold so wouldn't they be the best ones to pay off these debts and what better way to do that than if you go into debt with the trade companies uh by buying supplies by buying cosmetics what have you and if that bounty lasts too long in the session you then can pick up a someone can pick up a bounty on your head kill you have your blood signed on the contract as a tn professor jumped on and have the reaper's bones pay off that debt to the to the actual thing uh mina jump in with with some thoughts uh, i haven't heard from you in a bit um i think the issue with this though is that people would go oh i really want this item but i don't have the gold for it like for example the sales or something and then they will jump server after having purchased in purchased it and they will never have to pay for it so here here's an idea um and in uh professor actually let me get your thoughts before I jump into this idea, because I, I just had a, a a way to kind of fix this. Um, so, Professor, let me let me hear some thoughts uh, from you as far as is the the debt being signed in blood. I want your your uh, okay. feelings on this because it seems like you got some good ideas. <laughs> well, you know, if you signed that piece of paper, you know, kind of in blood, and then you know your wanted flyer. Uh, something somebody can take down at Reapers and carry with them like they would any other mission on the table. And then once they've taken you down, that flyer absorbs your spirit. Um, and then you turn that into the Reaper. Um, kind of seems like a cool uh, mechanic. Doesn't solve Mina's issue, but uh, just mechanic-wise and story-wise, it would help kind of explain, you know, some of those reaching hands uh, that are, you know, chained down below the deck of. Uh, our friend in the spirit world there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, so here was my idea and, and I'll, I'll see if you guys like this. Um, we see thieves. We, we rarely ever run into an instance where people are losing. This game is, is pretty easy to win at. And I'm not speaking specifically to, to PVP, but just in general, uh, you don't lose reputation. You don't, if you, if you gain it, what if the bounty system uh, was tied to with being indebted to companies and with the actual debt, sure, you could jump servers and you may not have the bounty on you, but if you don't pay off your, your debt and the bounty is still there at the end of your session, when you log off, you lose a portion of your reputation with that company. So say you purchase something from the gold hoarders and you don't pay it off. And the longer you don't pay it off, the more and more reputation you then have to regain with them. And you lose your, your ability to access certain cosmetics if you don't uh, take care of that debt. And it puts an emphasis on being responsible. Uh, Hefe, you said you had something uh, in, in chat. I wanted you to see if you could kind of recall for, for us in the podcast. 
Yeah, so there's one of the tall tales, um, it's one of the Morningstar tall tales, I believe, where you're going along and you, you dig up the chest that has the crew outfit, uh, and you have to put on that outfit and go to an outpost and talk to some people to get you know the next clues of where to go. Um, so if, if, since that mechanic already exists in game, that you know maybe they could tie these items that you know that we're, we're buying for debt and have it tagged as like that temporary item. Um, like in the tall tale, once the tall tale is over with, those those items disappear out of your inventory. Um, so maybe they could tag it that if they if you have an item that that you're indebted to and come the end of your sailing session if you've not paid that off then it just disappears you 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 lose the ability to you know to you know to do that and then you're back at square one of having to start over you know next session if that's what you want to do but that may be a way how you could kind of uh do something and kind of keep people from trying to i don't know cheat the system or maybe even another idea of kind of piggybacking on what you were saying is like let's say if you, you buy something and like all these cosmetics are tied to certain trade companies somehow um and you've got a debt with say you know the gold hoarders uh before you gain any additional reputation uh you have to have the debt paid off first before your reputation increase continues or maybe another idea yeah I, I definitely like it. Um, Regis, I want to jump on your idea because uh, you, you actually bring in some lore that I love that is missing in the game. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, uh, Rare is ever going to jump into this, but in the Sea of Thieves lore book, there is the, the actual Twisted Knife mercenaries, which uh, are, are bounty hunters. So you, you talked about bringing them into the game, um, and, and I wanted to uh, post some thoughts, but you want to talk about them a little bit. So, uh, what, what could the twisted knife mercenaries, uh, facilitate in this aspect? Well, outside of the, is it the tales of the CFEs book that we first hear about them? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Cause, uh, outside of that, nobody has ever heard of them. And even then they would, even then they were, they were introducing them into the game would be perfect because you know if you're going to introduce a bounty system why not introduce the mercenaries that that will be the twisted knife and now that i think about it maybe it's because they're building it out they're building a new building on the outpost maybe that's the twisted knife mercenaries setting up shop where we haven't heard anything since anything about um anything so anything about them so could be different and uh unusual but again and again it fits the role perfectly because if you want to become a bounty hunter you kind of have to get permission or get a contract from professionals which are the twisted knives in the cfes so it just makes sense from both a lore standpoint and to introduce a new faction while they're at it since it's basically tradition at this point that every anniversary they they introduce at least one new faction like the first one was two the sea dogs and the hunters call last year was the Reaper's Bones. Maybe this year they'll, I don't know, introduce the re- introduce the hunt the twisted knives. It's like a uh, you know bounty hunter slash mercenary force that you know for a price you can hunt down a player or an NPC. That I don't know would would, would they count? Because technically the technically the uh, the older souls do that, but that's for the undead. But maybe maybe the hunter's call could be like that, but for the uh, the living instead. So you uh, you touched on something that I wanted to get to, um, which I think is perfect because it, it shows that I'm not absolutely crazy in this concept. 
what if in this instance, uh, what you're suggesting, the Twisted Knife being the mercenary group that's uh, hinted at in the Sea of Thieves lore book, the uh, the sea, t- Tales of a Sea of Thieves, what if the new building that is coming to outposts has nothing to do with the hunter's call, but it has everything to do with uh, actually having the the supply crates, uh, being able to purchase supplies or being able to do something like that. And the way that you pick up a storage crate at the beginning of a session is you have to go in debt to the twisted knife and they say, all right, we'll give you this, but there is now a debt on your name. If you don't pay us off by the end of your sailing session, then we will put a bounty on your head and then sell that bounty to the reaper's uh, bones. And then the reaper's bones then have voyages. So it functions that twisted knife gives you supply crates. Uh, they put a debt to you. If you don't pay off that debt, then the Reaper's Bones can pick up bounties if there are available. Anyone that sails out to uh, the the Reaper's Bounty uh, hideout or the Reaper's Bones hideout can then check and see if there's any bounties up on that server. If there are, they can go out and hunt down those people to pay off that debt. And then it's up to you to decide if you want to pay it off immediately or if you want to uh, uh, kind of have that out there and look for some PvP. And it builds a little more functionality into why would you need to have a debt system uh how would you deal with that debt system and then have it tie into to bounties that then include reaper's bones into the faction as far as like them having specific voyages uh for different crews out there and give players a reason to go out and hunt that down and say if the person leaves a server before that bounty is completed then they just get a fraction of the of that and it shifts over to say like a skeleton captain that you can go hunt down and and uh complete that voyage for or uh you know you just have to go out and sink any crew uh or or return a certain thing so um i love the idea of of this kind of expanding a little bit more of the lore and adding a really interesting uh kind of functionality to the game that isn't in there at the moment um professor did you want to jump in I've just uh, to to kind of throw in there. I always like the growth of the story and the lore, and uh, didn't know about the twisted knife since I don't don't have that book. So I love that it ties in more of the story. Yeah, and I and I think they could do some interesting things with it. Um, originally, it was just kind of a one off thing, but there's a a little bit of mystery to them, and I think that. If they did add the Twisted Knife Mercenaries, uh, a great way to build in a bounty system is to introduce a debt system. And I think, you know, now that we are all wanting to purchase all these really expensive cosmetics, it would be kind of a nice way to say like, hey, you know, you can have these right now, but you're going to have to deal with the debt. And if you don't deal with the debt, then we're going to have to come after you. We may not be coming after you. It may be other crews out on the seas. Or it may be enemy ship types. Say they could actually have twisted knife uh, ships out there that are AI ships, kind of the akin to the Skelly ships that are constantly hunting you down. If there aren't any player ships currently repping the Reaper's Bones, because I imagine you know a lot of people run Reaper's Bones, but there's not always going to be Reaper's Bones on a server. And if you do take a debt, then there's there should be a way that someone is coming after you if you don't pay that debt on time. And I think that a, a good way to have that is maybe introduce uh, uh, PVE ship types that are AI that could start coming after you if no one else is willing to take up the call for the the actual Reaper's Bones. 
Um, did anyone want to add to this or, or have a, have any final thoughts, uh, before we shift topics? Uh, cause we're running a little bit long, but there is one topic I wanted to jump onto, uh, as we kind of dive a little bit more into lore. Alrighty. So I wanted to bring up the next topic because this was something that uh, I thought was really interesting. And I wanted to get some community thoughts on this and what it could mean. Uh, so many of you might have heard or know or have actually gotten to check out Duke. And he's over on Mermaid's Hideaway. Uh, he is still a Dark Lord to me, but he is he's starting to, to kind of ask the right questions. And unfortunately, I don't know what those questions are are and i think that's what troubles me the most so i wanted to ask all of you uh have you gone out to check mermaids hideaway and to talk to duke yet uh zapelli have you jumped gotten a chance to check that out yet i haven't gone personally but i've seen the youtubers all going over there and it would be interesting to have some mermaid lore in the game we don't really have a lot right now Awesome. Hefe, have you gotten to, to go check it out yet, or have you been busy killing people? No, yeah, we went and checked it out. Uh, it, I think it's it's interesting. Just the way the dialogue that he you know that he gives you, um, it's it, it's it's. I'm curious what what is, what is he searching for? Um, you know what's coming. Obviously, something's going to come out of this. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But so, but I, I'm in the aspect of lore and stuff and story. I I love that kind of stuff. So it's it's been a drought. For I guess almost a year now, um, since the last time we've got any kind of real story out of the game, so uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. But you know, he talks about you know he's you know, he's he's searching for legends. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to be taken for a fool again. Um, he thinks something big's coming. Uh, he wants to get to the bottom of it. So I just I don't know. I, I'm I am I am really keyed in on that uh, in that aspect of it because again the lore and the story really just ties everything together. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Mina, did you have any feelings on, on Duke being over at mermaids? Do you have any idea on what he would be hunting for? Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is he's hunting for. Um, but I do think, think that it's very interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing what develops from it. His storyline often comes before something big happens. So, watch that space i guess awesome uh regis i'm going to toss you a curveball here uh why do you think it's duke that is still the one that is kind of uh taking the story further well if you think back to when uh the hungering deep first came out duke was there and he actually points you to where merrick was when you when both duke and merrick was first introduced in the hunter's call duke was the one that pointed you like Oh, there's somebody on the whatever on the on the uh, on the island of Shark Bay Cove. Like, go talk to him because the sharks are getting more feisty or whatever. Again, it's been a while. So he, he was the one that actually pointed you to the to the to the guy that was supposed to give you like the content, like the the speaking trumpet, the drum. Like Duke was the one that pointed you towards there. So it wasn't the it was not the first time that duke has actually pointed you towards just going ahead with the story and i imagine it won't be the last time cuz yeah cuz duke is the the first the first new one of two new npcs we got introduced to to CFEs post launch and so yeah he'll probably be involved in something but i don't think he's going to stay on a uh, mermaid's hideaway for long like 
give or take next month, it could be like a in the Devil's Roar for all we know. Okay. Uh, Professor, uh, as far as Duke moving around and doing things on his own, do you trust this? Do you think he's uh, the right person to be doing this? Hope you'll do a uh, spoiler alert uh, uh, in the editing uh, for this. But uh, I was so excited. I found him completely by accident when sailing on Insiders and had to sit on it until um, you know the game came in for real. And then just couldn't wait to share with everybody on the crew when it came into retail. Um, you know, let's go over and, and sail to that island and, and I want to show you something. I've always liked Duke. By what you say about him, I love that idea of the rogue narrator. And that's really what Duke has played in leading us along um, the story and lore side of, of Sea of Thieves in helping drive the content of that story. So um, I like. The role he plays, I like um, just the idea of that rogue, and uh, I was glad to see him again. I hope, I hope that uh, he continues to find purpose and uh, gets back to his old rogue self. Pad, let's uh, let's jump in. I, I know you'd mentioned that he's a spare NPC in the chat. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, he's been in the game from more or less the start, and the fact that he has been the point of for players to see a thief whether it be him as <laughs> running his black market operation um, or sitting on Umbra's um, island twiddling his thumbs. Um, I think his present situation may give a hint to what is coming. Um, I hope it involves a tale because it's been a long time since one of those to go and do. And yeah, he, he is, in my eyes, a lovable rogue. I know your personal feelings <laughs> are quite opposite. But uh, for me, he's um, a necessary evil, I think. Yeah, I personally just don't trust what he's up to. Uh, it always seemed very odd right from the get-go. Uh, whatever he asked us to do, we just kind of followed. And it was all in the name of chaos to him. And I don't trust chaos. Uh, I don't know that anyone should. And he, it seems like he's kind of changing his tune. Uh, it seems like the things that he's done, he's kind of realized that it has impacted the Sea of Thieves negatively, uh, as we can tell by all of the, the bad stuff that's happened. And I kind of have to point at him and say, yeah, I told you so. So I know you guys love, uh, I know you guys love Duke and, and that he's, he's great for being that person that we can relate to as far as like pushing the story forward. Uh, I just think there, there are more interesting characters in the game that could do that for us uh and i and i i would love to see characters like uh diving bell or nine cats nura from the tales of sea of thieves book uh come into sea of thieves and have that history already uh with fans of the the books and start to introduce story in an interesting way because they are lovers they are uh, a couple of pirates old salts that have been around and seen a lot of things and for them to come to the sea of thieves or show up in the sea of thieves one day and being like what did you all do this is kind of crazy uh i guess we can help i think would be more impactful for me than the one dude who messed up at his job clearly a dark lord and is now wandering around trying to find a treasure because he's definitely the person I trust with ancient treasure. So that's kind of that. I, I still just don't trust chaos. 
and and maybe that's that's me. I know you guys love him. I don't know what he could do that would fix the things that he's impacted in Sea of Thieves. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I I love the idea that he is stirring things up quietly. Kind of harkens back to the uh, Wanda and the Warsmith days uh, with Salty the Pirate Parrot. And I, I needed that in the game. I hope that it comes to a head the way that it did with uh, the Warsmith and the actual ships. Did anyone have uh, any any kind of closing thoughts about Duke? Any theories about why he's uh, searching for this treasure? I think it would be cool. Uh, I know in the books talks about like the the evil mermaids. You're like you know there's there's that other faction of them that aren't just uh, mice little people to help you get back to your ship. Um, you know, in, in, in the books, uh, the, one of the characters found a pair of earrings and those earrings is what allowed them to uh, communicate with, uh, the mer people. Uh, so I think it's, it's interesting to me that he's kind of down in that little cavey area down close to where the big kind of ancient looking mermaid statue is on mermaid's hideaway. I don't know. It may just be a coincidence. That's where he's at, but it, I think it would be cool. This, it could be cool if, if they're going to be, uh, using this to introduce, the whole mermaids is a bad guy kind of idea could definitely see that yeah uh actually here's a here's a question for those that are familiar with the lore uh in the books it talked about how uh and you mentioned this jefe uh where mercia and ramses had found uh the pair of earrings i think even uh nine cats and diving bell uh had found them i think that was in the books i think the actual tall tale journals is where we found out that mercia had a pair of earrings as well um that statue that bring up at mermaid's hideaway is an interesting one because right above that is where that hole is where there's a ladder that if you head down the ladder and you'll see a nice little kind of dock or a kind of wood plank system for people to stand on it seems to me that that is a, a really kind of nice hidden away uh point where what is the purpose of that? You know, there's not really a whole lot of reasoning to why there's a hole in the ground in the middle of this island called Mermaid's Hideaway where you climb down a ladder and sit on this dock. You can't really fish there, but there's a mermaid statue. Do you think that that is actually a meet point for the merfolk and the pirates of Sea of Thieves? Do you think that that was a, a place where if you, say, wanted to talk to uh, the merfolk, that that would be where you would go to actually talk with them? I think so. Cause like, you know, in, in the book, you know, they, they talked about that there was, there's, there, they had these meeting places. Um, and so I think that very well could be an in game spot, you know, for that to where, you know, the, the, the pirates would had, you know, those earrings that allowed them to communicate could go and have a spot to do so. Awesome. Mina, you, you mentioned in chat hole is natural platform is not, uh, do you think that that just happened to be uh, a natural hole for them? Um, do you think that they built the statue after they found that place and that ju that just happened to become like a, a, a an anchor point for their meetings? Um, possibly. The hole definitely looks like it's some sort of natural anomaly on that island. It's full of crevices and stuff. Um, obviously, some people at some point in the past have then used that hole because of its seclusion as a way of possibly contacting the mermaids. I don't know, but it was, it definitely looks like they were like, Oh, this is a good spot to do this thing, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's natural to assume just based on, on that area. I don't know why that didn't ever occur to me at first. If I feel like that should have been one of those things that kind of 
uh, put up the red flag and was like, hey, by the way, this is probably a meeting area for merfolk if you didn't think about it already. Uh, did anyone else have any any thoughts about this? Uh, do you like the idea of that being a meeting place? Do you think that we need to get to the point where we're finally getting in contact with uh, the merfolk in, in general? Um, well, Mike Chapman did say that uh, I think someday we're going to encounter the merfolk. And like what one of you guys said, that there's two types of merfolk. There's good ones that help us get back on our ships. And then there's bad ones, which we, which we are yet to encounter, but we have seen glimpses of, thanks to the Tales of the CFE's book. So maybe talking to them, maybe going under the water to meet their king and see their the conflict between the good and the bad merfolk would be interesting, because Mike Chandler said we're going to explore downwards rather than outwards. Yeah, and that's a, an interesting point, too, because I always wonder if he if he does actually mean merfolk or does he just mean as far as like the fairy of the damned or the sea of the damned or maybe just tall tales going deeper into the actual uh, crust of the actual earth. Um, Tian, let me get your thoughts real quick, because I know that you jumped in uh, same time as, as uh, Regis had jumped in. What, how do you feel about this? Sure. I, I have been waiting since the mermaid statues to uh, get more story about the mermaids. Um, there, there's several storylines that are kind of been waiting to be told. And I think this is one of the oldest storylines um, because the, the statues were really early on. And I felt like they, they kind of teased us and then, then just kind of walked away. And I felt a little let down. I thought it would go somewhere sooner than this. So I'm hoping that this does mean we'll get more of the mermaid story and also why they're such skint broke and, and don't show up when I need them and then show up right next to boats when I'm trying to sneak on them still. Um, I want to get to the bottom of that. Good questions to ask them. I'm sure, uh, definitely worth finding the earrings just to try and talk to them and be like, Hey, how come you're sending the novices to help us out? We're the experienced merfolk. Uh, Zapelli, you wanted to, to talk about a diving bell. Um, what are you hoping with the diving bell? Well, obviously we have the sunken ships and they could have diff different sunken, shi sunken ships, which got to go lower to find. And maybe that could be in the uh, tall tale if they do add one with merfolks, so you have to use that to go down and go to the palace or whatever they have on in the sea to get to them. So you'd actually want like a full underwater kind of sanctuary for the merfolk that we have to use uh, diving bells to get to. I'm, I'm curious uh, with that, how do you feel about um, if that detracts one ship away from the rest of the world? Like what would happen to your ship and and uh, what would happen to you if someone came and sank your ship? Uh, with that, I have no idea. Some other mermaids could maybe take you back to your ship on the island, but I have no idea. That's a good point, yeah. That's that I could definitely see that if we're going deep into the water, uh, they they definitely have those statues. The the one thing that I noticed in Sea of Thieves that has yet to be explained is the functionality of the mermaid statues. Um I I know some stuff about it, but I can't talk about that. I wish I could, I really do. Uh, but we have two types. We have the types with the gems and we have the types with the staves. And the staves are the ones that we see in the tall tales like Heart of Fire and the uh the the gold hoarder. Uh, Shores of Gold, where they actually return you to your ship. And I'm I'm curious to understand uh, if that type of a functionality could actually be introduced via the statues that are at Mermaid's Hideaway, where one of those statues that's down in that new 
meeting room that I'm, I'm going to say is now a meeting room, um, if that could be activated so that when you do actually uh, kind of attune to it or touch it, that uh, you can actually have that teleport you to a place that is actually part of the merfolk sanctuary or palace, whatever uh, it, it could be. And that would be a way to actually get to merfolk to actually speak with them. But you would, and it's kind of nice because it's tucked away down at Mermaid's Hideaway, way out from the rest of the actual Sea of Thieves. Did anyone else have any uh, thoughts on, on merfolk and if it's time to get that story revealed in the game or are you still looking to get resolution with Flameheart? I'm with Professor. I have been looking forward to finding out what's going on with these mermaid statues. What's the meaning of them? Why have did they show up? How are they connected to the mermaids? And also what's with the other mermaids that we never see that are in paintings on islands as well as in the books. I would very much love to find out more about the merfolk and I'm sure they've promised us this multiple times over the years um, and it would be nice to happen sooner rather than later but we still have to see. Definitely. Well unless anyone else has uh, has anything to, to jump in with with mermaids um, we're, we're clocking in a little over an hour. Uh, I wanted to kind of uh, close off the, the episode with this. Um, I just wanted to say though, I've, I've really loved this conversation. You guys have brought some really cool ideas that if rare isn't already working on should definitely take this episode as some good community feedback on ways to bring functionality and intrigue to the game through lore. And I, I think it would be really fun to see kind of how things go. I don't know if we'll get to see much more of the lore until season two, uh, but I'm sure at the end of next month, when we do this again, we'll probably have some more information about what's going on in Sea of Thieves. And I'm looking forward to seeing if anything changes the way it has already just with uh, season one. So um, Depelli, uh El Jefe Esteban, Mina Ferry, Registella, TN Professor, Big Bad Pad. Uh, thank you all so much for joining me today. Uh, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer in case you have responsibilities like um, I'm sure I don't. And make sure that you guys get, the, get to those. But thank you so much for jumping in, spending time with me, spending time with the community. Um, a lot of you have become Sherpas. And I wanted to thank you personally for, for jumping on that and trying to help out a lot of the other pirates. Um, did any of the Sherpas, before we close off, want to share some some thoughts on how that's going, if you're happy with it, how it's been? Uh, any any suggestions to those that might be looking to have a pirate Sherpa? Uh, so far, things going great. As of right now, we've got a, a list of 10 vetted folks um, that have kind of gotten the, the all clear. And they, you know, Stay in the globe. We've got, you know, we've got a couple folks uh, in the BST realm, uh, four in Eastern, two in Central, and two in the Pacific. So we, we got a pretty good coverage. Um, I got to go hang out with uh, a guy, uh, Patty and I did the other day. Uh, he he didn't know how to fish. Uh, he's brand new to the game. He's been one been playing for just a couple of weeks. And so it was really kind of cool to um, be with somebody who didn't understand the mechanics of how to not break your line, you know? And then, so th th in that aspect of it, it was, it was great, you know, by the end of it, he was, he was really thankful. He was like, ah, oh, thank you so much. He was like, it makes so much sense now. 
um, he was really eager to learn and uh, kind of thing. So, and then had an opportunity a couple of times to just uh, sell some other folks. Uh, one who's doing okay, just kind of just working towards his uh, way to get the pirate legend, uh, work, sell him a couple of times. But uh, in general, I think, I think it's a fantastic idea. So, you know, kudos to Chenzo for kind of coming up with that. And uh, he and I have kind of working together, kind of hammering out the, you know, the, the details of it all. It's, it's, it's been, overall, I think it's been great. And having that, that out there as an option for, you know, those new folks or those folks who just you know, need a little extra help in a certain area. Um, I think it's a really cool, cool idea. The way, the way just kind of, you know, those of us who've been playing for a long time, just to be able to give back, you know, I mean, cause you know, I would have loved to have somebody who actually knew what they were doing when I, when I first started, <laughs> I had, you know, I was with some folks who, you know, they were just as green as I was. We just kind of had to learn the hard way. Um, so in that regard, I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's been amazing to see just how well that's worked out and how many people are jumping into it. Uh, I did want to extend the offer out to anyone who's listening to this. We do have a Pirate Sherpa program. Uh, it is something that has been spearheaded by, uh, like you mentioned, Chenzo and yourself, El Jafe. Uh, I've loved that so many folks in the community have uh, signed up to become Sherpas to help out pirates who don't know everything about the game, but still want to have a, a safe environment to, to be able to ask those questions to get those answers to to learn tools and, and tricks of the trade and to become better pirates as a result so if you're listening to this the show notes uh, as well as my twitter account always have links to the discord server uh, there's rules just like with the pirate code you have to obey those rules and you do have to be respectful uh, but if you're willing to to abide by those and come in with a, a you know an open mind and, and being available to jump in with uh, other pirates to sail with pirates who are maybe not as experienced. Uh, I think the Sherpas are doing a great job of helping cater to the the folks that are fresh to the seas and uh, don't feel like losing treasure all of the time. Uh, Want to maybe go get some of that treasure for themselves, especially considering how expensive those cosmetics are. So, um, Zapelli, any final words as we uh, close things out? No, nothing from me. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you joining. Uh, Hefe, did you have anything you wanted to, to shout out or anyone that you wanted to say hi to? Uh, no, just want to maybe just a big shout out to, to, to Rust Belt, who, you know, for whatever reason, decided he couldn't make it today. So we just wanted to know that, that, that we love him. We are for him and in all of his endeavors. And we look forward to next month. And hopefully he can make it then. So much lying from you sometimes. I just don't get it. Mina, did you have anything that you wanted to share as we close out the episode? No, I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for, for coming. Regis, thanks for jumping on and sharing some really good information about the lore. Uh, anything you want to shout out or anyone that you want to uh, say hi to? Well, here's going to be, well, here's a bit of a self-promotion right here. I just released another chapter of my, uh, of my of my new fanfic friend my little pony friendship and friendship with pirates and you know it's a fanfic that is a crossover between my little pony and cfes because why the hell not i think fanfics for cfes is a bit underrated probably for good reason but you know just self-promotion right there so shameless self-promotion rather so hey why not awesome and if you don't mind sending me a link uh to to that latest chapter i'll i'll throw it in the uh, show notes for those that are interested to go check out and see what you're writing uh, and heading over to pro I'll do it as soon as I can. Sure. Sounds good. And then professor, uh, any, anyone that you want to say hi to or anything that you want to add to the end of the episode? Logan, thanks for the community. Uh, I told you a long time ago, you get the community you deserve. And uh, I've really enjoyed this community and thank you for creating it. 
And um, Rust, even though we got that Dear John letter saying, you know, it wasn't us, it was you. You needed to find other games to play. Um, there's still always a spot on the ship for you. I have a feeling that he just decided to go back to his Nintendo Switch for a little bit. And and I don't know if you guys saw, there was all that Mario stuff that was coming out for Animal Crossing. I think he's just playing around. Uh, Big Bad Pad, was there anything you wanted to add at the end of the episode here? Um, just a couple of things. Uh, I'd like to reiterate my love for Rusty, as name is Hefe. Uh, professor's um, love of the community um, and also uh, just a shout out to Chenzo uh, I accept your challenge and at some point we will meet on <laughs> I look forward to, to maybe us getting a chance to actually have a uh, an actual private server I would love to get a, a custom server for our, our community to be able to start having some of these these duels these uh, friendly bouts uh, between between pirates friends fans listeners thank you all so much for joining me and the rest of the community uh this is definitely something i've been enjoying the the heck out of for the end of the episodes uh at the end of each month so i will continue to do this as long as people want to do it and each month is going to be a little bit different as we try and find different topics that we want to jump on but i think we came out with some really stellar ideas that i'm personally going to hit up uh my chatman about and be like hey um i i, I would love for you to listen to this episode because i think my community came up with some really smart stuff and with that parts uh i'll close out the episode as i usually do but that's going to do it for this episode so thank you all so much for joining me All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keel Hauled. Thank you all to my gold hoarders who have helped subscribe and uh, over at the Patreon to help out with the podcast. It means a lot to me. It really helps me out. And if you want to join in for the next month uh, community episode, we'll be doing this at the end of March, which will be post anniversary update. If there is an anniversary update, we'll probably find out more as that gets closer. So you can always join over at the uh, show notes for the podcast. There's a link for the patreon you can always head into uh the keelhaul discord ask anyone if you have any questions and uh join in i'd love to get some more voices in there to get some opinions some thoughts some theories some lore tidbits if you want other than that pirates if you have any questions concerns comments feel free to let me know over at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n on twitter feel free to email me at c-a-p-t l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com the show notes have all of the socials as well as any kind of affiliate links or deals things that are going on with that and with that pirates that's gonna do it. so thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves My name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.
Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast.